All right, this might sound weird. I've had to rejig a few things on my computer, so... Oh, pardon me, pardon me. So if it sounds a little bit strange, that's why. And uh, still free, so... Yeah, okay. Where do we start? Um, today was a really funny day, and I try not to talk about my kid, like, a lot. And I know people that know me in real life are fucking rolling their eyes so hard they may be having a seizure right now. But on this show, I try not to just have stupid, you know, endless banter about how wonderful... Okay, I'm full of shit. <laughs> I can't even go on. Anyway, I try to entertain you with funny things that my kid does. And sometimes I'm successful, sometimes not. Sometimes my kid... Here's an example of a wonderful story that I've told already. Um, when we were potty training, my handsome, wonderful, young little sprite, my spirited child, he, uh, in the very early stages of it, I, I you know, I was, I was, I was cleaning shit out of his underwear with a hose. Um, one time at daycare, the daycare lady threw the underwear out because it was just unsalvageable. And um, those were the early stages of potty training. And after this particular event, I'm just about to refresh you on, he hadn't had a problem since. Okay? Because, I mean, there was a stage there, you know, he was pooping himself. One time I picked him up from daycare. He wanted to play hide and seek. And an experienced mother always knows never play hide and seek with a potty training child. Because they're just trying to find somewhere quiet. And be alone, but not totally alone, so they can take a big greasy dump. And that's what he did to me. Um, so this one time, there's an episode I have on uh, this feed that's called Poop in the Park. Because he did just that. But he was like, Mama, I have to go poop. And I was like, right now? Because we were like a good 10, 15 minutes away from my mom's house. Yes. Poop. I was like, oh, fuck. So he, we basically... I, I won't ruin the story, but... I've buried the lead. Yeah, he, he pooped in the park and I happened to have a dog poop bag. So I wiped his ass with that bag and then picked up the poop and threw it out. Super cash, like nothing was going down. Why am I telling you that? Anyway, that's a lead up. So I try not to bore you guys too, too much with kids stuff because it can be excruciatingly painful. And uh, I feel bad for my single friends because, man, you know. Um, okay, so let's see what it was. Like. Oh, the point I was trying to make was in a roundabout way. Let's get down to brass tacks here, brass tacks, folks, is today my uh, lovely wife is going for surgery this week sometime. I'm not going to say when, just in case you're weird. You never know. Somebody's going to be a little bit fucking weird. Like I'm tops on your list for people to stalk. <laughs> I don't think so. You guys have all, all got better things to do. So she's got to take off her nail polish uh, on her fingers and toes because I don't know why. It could kill you. I don't, I don't know why they make you do that, but they just do. And uh, so she's in the process of doing that and she brings down cotton balls in a bag and my darling son, I don't think, has ever seen a cotton ball in his life. So she, she takes them out, she puts them on the counter, and she starts unscrewing the cap to the nail polish remover. And he looks and he's like, oh, can I have one? And Sarah's like, yeah, sure. And he takes one out, and then he puts it in his mouth to eat it. And I could not stop laughing. I was like, ah, rah, 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 rah. like just the most obnoxious high pitch noise. And, um, and then he like looked at me and he did his, uh, his lip quiver thing. And then his lip got bigger and it was trembling. And I was like, oh, oh, ah. and then he started crying and crying because I had embarrassed him, I guess. And I was like, oh, oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because it was like super cute. You know, he was like elf, you know. Uh, it, it was it was like the most embarrassing moment for him. And I could not stop laughing. And even after he started crying, I still was still laughing right in his face. What an asshole. Anyway, I don't know what the point of telling you that was. It just made me laugh. And I thought maybe you would laugh at the misfortune of my child being raised by father of the year over here. Uh, hey, speaking of families, really good families. Can we talk about the Duggars for just one second? Now, if you've listened to this show, you know I love terrible, awful TV. The more midgets, the merrier, I always say. And TLC is the home for rejects of any kind. It's it's really quite amazing how many rejects they get on their show. And the Duggars, I, I know I shouldn't have liked that show. I know I shouldn't have. I know I shouldn't have been watching their anti- everything I am. They're anti-short, fat, ugly, gay. They're anti-everything. So I didn't, I shouldn't have watched, but I did. It was like my guilty pleasure. And there was just like a part of me that thought, oh, great. You know, a nice religious family. There's lovely girls. 
and I enjoyed watching them get married off. I did not enjoy the creepy Duggar dad making overtly sexual comments in front of and to his daughters. It weirded me out because, you know, if there if there was a way he could get away with test driving his daughters before the night of the wedding, you know, he would. Right. You know, that's yeah. Fuck you if you disagree, because I he's just a fucking creep. Anyway, so all that news came out with Josh Duggar molesting his four sisters. One of them was five years old at the time, which is um, somehow more alarming to me than the older girls, because a five-year-old is a very young child. Like, they're... I'm not even going to really get into that. It's just... It's really gross and disturbing. So I've been Googling. And I was so in shock when it happened. It's like there's a part of me that thought... That there was, it could be possible for a deeply religious Christian family not to have a disgusting skeleton in their closet. And that's my fault. Because, of course, there's a skeleton. There has to be. So I've been doing some research and shit. And I'm not going to bore you and go on and on and on about the fucking Duggar thing. Because I don't have a solution. Dan Savage has way more insightful, smart things to say. But I just feel like I've been watching the show forever. Even back when they were wearing, like, these weird overalls. And, like, they had that big, um, big weird hair like the colony hair, you know what I mean? Like the bouffant mullet hair, like the girls, you know? So I felt, uh, anyway, and then I found this out and I was just like, Ugh. and it's, everything about it is just disgusting. Like they're in something called the quiverful movement where there's like a passage in the Bible that says um, that all of your children should be arrows in your quiver and a quiver, you know, if, I don't know if you watch the Hunger Games, but it's the thing that you put your arrows in. So basically th your children are members in God's army, they're weapons in God's army. And in this religion, it's like complete and total female submission. There's no backtalk. These girls are taught from a very young age to respect authority, respect elders, respect the males of your household. The men are in charge. You're basically a baby making machine. You clean the house. And one of, I should have known that how fucked up these people were when the matriarch of the family said, Duggar girls don't get headaches. Okay. All right, so rape inside your marriage is cool. That's awesome. Have sex when you don't really want to. Great. That's a good thing to instill in your children. Wonderful. That's great. And you know what else is a good idea? Why don't you have like a thousand kids? And the other thing I realized is like each of the oldest daughters basically took on three or four kids and was the mother to those kids. So although Michelle Duggar had 19 kids, she only ever really raised the youngest one. And once the youngest one was pretty much out of diapers, she doesn't have any kids now. Because the older daughters raised her kids for her, basically, which is really fucked up in and of itself. So anyway, she's had all these kids. They're really cloistered. They 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 follow a particular um, brand of like home schooling. And the guy who like wrote all of the curriculum for this homeschooling, I think his name is Bill Gethard or Gothard. I can't remember. He's the leader, and in his writings, so keep in mind this guy is now being charged with 30 counts of sexual assault or sexual harassment of young girls, some of them teenagers. So this guy, again, wonderful young man. No, I shouldn't say young. He's like got to be in his 60s, but he's the leader. Awesome. Great. And I was, I was Googling and I'm looking it up and he's the one that does the homeschool thing, right? So in the package, you know, they have like parenting training or whatever. In the package, it says um, there was one section on sexual abuse in the household. And I don't want to get into it too much, but there was like one example of a young man who sexually abused his little sisters. And he said that, you know, his parents needed to do a better job of modesty in the home, that the little girls would have a bath. And, you know, before they got dressed, they would run around the house naked, which I think is pretty normal. And they were saying that that was the girl's fault and the parent's fault because they should have provided a, a, an environment for him not to be tempted by his young sisters awesome and then you know you need to ask the girls like what could you do to be more modest so that this wouldn't happen what the fuck are you talking about like they blame the victim so makes me wonder what's going on in that house like those girls have been brainwashed like they're basically in a cult and um sarah has noticed my language about the duggars has changed and they're just recently being investigated by like the child protective services and they refuse to let them into their compound so they had to call the police. Like, it's just such a gong show. And uh, it's amazing to me that they just didn't seek counseling for anybody. And they went on and did this reality show. 
And in the interview, they say, oh, well, you know, it was with minors so that they told us it would be sealed. So we had nothing to worry about because the documents were sealed, except when the perpetrator becomes age of majority, like when they hit 19, when they're a legal adult, all those documents can be revealed. And they didn't know that. So they're like, oh, cool. We don't have to worry about our weird child molester son. We can go on this TV show and make millions and millions of dollars because no one's ever going to find out, except they can. And it's legal. Idiots. So we've got Michelle Duggar, you know, all fucking weird and culty. And she's doing these robocalls telling the people of her area that they should vote against whatever ordinance because it'll allow... Uh, men with past child predator convictions into a restroom and change rooms and locker rooms with girls and women. Okay. Yeah. You, you brought up a sexual predator. And when they did this interview, this Megyn Kelly chick just let them, she just let it all go. It's almost like, well, it's exactly like it was a PR thing and she didn't ask them any real hard hitting questions. Like, how dare you make a robocall like that about people who are transgendered that need to pee? Like, where the fuck are transgendered people supposed to go to the bathroom? In a Coke bottle? Like, wh where are they fucking supposed to go? Stupid. And uh, she's still stuck to her guns. Well, you know, it's just common sense. You don't, you don't uh, have men go into the bathroom with women. Oh, God. Fucking mulleted idiot. Anyway, um, like, I guess my point is that um, you can't, you shouldn't, I, I don't know. He, the fact that he touched a five-year-old really fucking freaks me out. But you shouldn't have that many kids so close together, not allow them out of the house, not allow them to socialize with anyone else, and then instill in the boys and the girls that the females are completely and totally subservient. Like, that that young Josh got drilled into his brain that women are there for him. They're there to be um, bossed around and consumed. So it's not a complete and total shock that he's a fucking sicko weirdo pervert now. Right? And they were, like, the rates of these young boys in their teens that, and although 14, 15, it's not that young, okay? If you think back to when you're a 15-year-old, you're making a conscious decision. Like, like, you may be hormonally weird, but you're basically an adult. But don't worry, the Duggars have a justification for that too, because technically Josh isn't a pedophile. Because a pedophile is someone who uh, molests a child from the age 16 and up. And Josh was only just 15. So he's not a pedophile. Mm -mm. So I looked up the recidivism rate on child molesters. And, uh, okay, here's what it says. Over up follow overall follow-up studies typically find sexual recidivism rates of 10 to 15% after 5 years, 20% after 10 years, and 30 to 40% after 20 years. So somehow, strangely, he's not had counseling. And the only counseling he's had is his redemption from Jesus Christ himself. So he's got three kids at home, two boys, a girl who's around the same age as the five-year-old sister he molested, and another little girl on the way. Seems like someone should be fucking investigating him, don't you think? Like, I understand the Duggar compound, but Josh himself, someone needs to fucking check him out. He needs, like, real counseling, not some fucking weird hard labor work camp that they send him to. Oh, God. What a gong show. What an absolute gong show. Okay, anyway, no one asked me about this. This is really fucking stupid. But the Duggars freak me out. They stress me out. I'm really concerned for those young girls and the fact that they got no counseling. Like, what the fuck? I, and, and then I looked up the Duggar. The, I've been looking them up all fucking week, okay? Don't fucking stress me out. But the way that their house is set up is the top floor. Okay, there's a huge catwalk in the middle. And then on the way right side is the boys' room. And then on the way left side is the master suite. And you all have to walk through the entire master suite to get to the girls' room. And the reason they did that is because of uh, the sneaky older brother with the loosey-goosey hands. That's why they designed their house that way. Because to get to, from the boys' room to the other side of the house, there's a huge catwalk. And everyone can see who's walking across that long, skinny gate uh, pathway. Wow. But gay people? Mm-mm. That's not cool. Groping your sisters in their sleep? Oh, well, they were sleeping. They didn't even know what had happened to them. Right. Good point, Mrs. Duggar. Awesome. Because then, you know what? If you're drunk and passed out and somebody rapes you and you don't even really know what happened, did it even happen? Am I right? A tree falls in the woods, right? Yeah, totally. Good defense. You guys are awesome. Real geniuses. Okay, so next subject. Let's talk more about my arm, shall we? So I broke my arm. Funny story. I'm easily confused, obviously, and um, my physiotherapist showed me a mold 
of a shoulder, like, you know, with all the muscles and everything in there. I thought I had broken a bone that doesn't exist. Basically what's happened is your humerus is your shoulder bone all the way down to your elbow, the funny bone, right? I had thought I had broken a bone that kind of floated on top of my shoulder. It, it doesn't exist. That's not what happened. I, I broke my shoulder bone. Like it's attached to the humerus. There's a big knobby part on top. And I guess that knobby part is called the greater tubercle. I really wish I would have known that. So I basically just took a big chip off that round part. <sighs> well, it can't be beautiful and smart. <laughs> oh, it's Pride today in Winnipeg. You know what? I didn't go to the Pride Parade. Uh, just didn't feel like it. So I hope those, are the, those of you that went had a good time and uh, really enjoyed yourselves. Um, I just want to talk about my arm for one more second. Um, I tried getting dry needled, which uh, sounds really sexual, but it's not. So I texted Jolene, who none of you probably know who she is, but she um, is a good friend of the show and she's studying Chinese medicine and it takes for fucking ever. Like she's been studying for the five or six years that I've internet known her and she's still, she's just interning now. So if you have any questions about whether or not Chinese medicine is like a real deal, uh, it, it is, and it's complex and it's really intense and she's been studying forever. So yes. Anyway. Um, so Jolene has been, um, studying what she calls distance healings where like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it would be. Maybe she concentrates really hard or she's got a, like a, she's made a voodoo doll out of a brick of butter, which is the closest thing to my body she could get to. And uh, yada, 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 she's distance healing me. And uh, now my clitoris is numb. So thanks, Jolene. Pre appreciate that. I didn't, you know what? I didn't really need that clitoris anyway. Um, thanks. Thanks for trying. I appreciate you trying. And I'm sure it'll come back to life at some point. And uh, you know what? Michelle Duggar's never had an orgasm. Why the fuck should I? Am I right, folks? Am I right? Yeah. Okay, let's enough of me. Let's uh, let's hear from Tails. I'm sure she's got something very exciting to say. So hang on one second. Hey everybody, it's Tails, and I'm going to tell you the tale of my day yesterday. My very 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 busy day. Life has been extremely boring until yesterday. Life all of a sudden went and fast forward, and I'm kind of freaking out a bit. But you know, I'm going to pull through because I'm fucking awesome. All right. So 7:30 a.m. is when my day starts. I had an appointment to go and apply for my Métis card and my Métis harvesting card, which is hunting and fishing and whatnot. So the night before, I made sure that I had all my little forms on my desk ready to go so that when I got up at 7.30 in the morning, half alive, I'd be able to just go. Well, I pack up the, the forms into my backpack, and I felt as though maybe I was missing something, but then at the same time, I was like, nah, me miss something? Nah, there's no way. So I hop on the bus 45 minutes to, to the north end, and uh, I get there, and she tells me that I only have half my forms. I only have my harvesting application. Well, that's fucking dandy. Uh, I should have known because that's just my luck. So I fill that out. I get my picture, which is horrible. I must have been looking down or something because I have like some triple chin thing going on. So that's nice. That's It's going to look real nice. I know. Uh, yeah. And I know that I have that other form. I just don't know where the fuck I put it. So I leave the Métis place with my harvesting thing already sent out for application or whatever. I don't care. I get on the bus. Another 45 minutes downtown. On my way home, I decided on a whim to call and inquire about viewing a two-bedroom apartment in Osborne Village. I love Osborne Village. I miss it. And the the apartment that we live in right now is like a one-bedroom, and we've got we've got quite the fur family, so it's just not big enough for us anymore. So yeah, we make an appointment. I make an appointment to go and view this two-bedroom apartment in Osborne Village. I call my wife. I make sure she's dressed and ready to go. I stop off at home. Pick her up. We go to the apartment for the viewing. It's pretty good for the price that it is. It's very affordable. It's got a dishwasher, so that's a fucking plus. I don't have to fucking wash any more dishes. Ah, oh, I do all of that at work all the time, so that's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, the kitchen is a major upgrade. It's huge. I love it. Uh, the space is also a giant upgrade. The down points was the bathroom was really small, and for some reason there's a window that goes straight into the parking lot. So that's going to be covered pretty quick. Weird. Um, yeah, and then, so we, we pick up the application, and, like, we've already paid our rent for all of June and whatever, but I figured, hey, fuck it, whatever, we'll look into it. So I walk my wife back home, and we fill out the forms, we get all our shit together, because we've, we've been looking for one, so we're pretty prepared to move um, via paperwork-wise. 
So we get all the paperwork together, whatever. And then I go hunting for my other Métis application form. Uh, I found it <laughs> in a very obvious place, and I'm so stupid to forget it, because there I am now taking another 45-minute bus ride to the North End. So I take it, well, I call them first. I take it, I go down there, hand it in, and then on my way back home, I start thinking, like, should we move? Like, should, should we actually just, like, pick up and go? Call the the company that I'm my building's under and go down there because I was very confused as to what I got to do. So here's the deal. June 15th, I have put my apartment up for sublet uh, for June 15th. The apartment that we're applying for is available immediately, but the thing is is that we can't overlap our leases. So I have to very quickly, very efficiently, get somebody in this building and sublet my apartment before my application can go through for the other place. So life is pretty fucked up. I did some packing last night. Like, we don't know for sure if we're moving. And, you know, this is stressful because, like, I can't take time off work. That's not going to fucking happen. Um, and then I went, and then I ended up going to my mom's. And I drove in rush hour traffic. And I've decided that I absolutely hate school zones. And I absolutely hate kids that decide to ride their bikes in the middle of the fucking street all the goddamn time. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, then I spent some time with my mom, and then I came home, cleaned the shit out of the apartment, and took everything off the walls, and, uh, now all that's left to do is wait. And as soon as somebody sublets this place, I am going to go into a frenzy. That might be the most boring segment that I have ever told, but, uh, that's kind of like, my life is in fast word right now, so I may not be able to send in another thing soon. I'm working on getting another poop story from... Um, my little baby dyke, she's like, I'm, a, I'm like her mentor, she lives out in the country, she's been disowned, etc. But she's a really great kid, and uh, I might be able to get another poop story out of her, if she can tell it in a funny way. Anyways, I've been going on for way too long. Take it easy, everybody, it's been tails. Oh, also, Heather, welcome back to the dark side. We missed you. <laughs> yeah, Heather, welcome back. Okay, excellent job again, tails. Um, I think you should move. I mean, as someone who moved out for the first time at 32 and four months pregnant, five months pregnant, trust me, I know a lot about being an adult and uh, doing adult things such as moving, you know, uh, you probably moved more in a year than I ever will in my whole life. So give her, just, just give her. Um, I'm really glad you have a mentor, you're mentoring someone because everybody needs somebody sometimes. You should write a song about that. Somebody should really do that because it's scary when you're young, especially if you're in the country and you don't have options, you need a tails in your life to help you out and point you in the right direction. Because if through your miserable experience, you can make someone else's miserable experience slightly less miserable, that's, that's a really good thing to do. I think I feel, um, okay. What did I want to talk to you about next year? I just wanted to share a quick, quick little bout of shame I had with you. Um, I, okay. So I've been off work for like three months now and boy, has it flown by. It's really flown by. Um, I'm morbidly obese. Um, and you know what's really weird about that is what tipped me off at how much weight I'd gained because I'd not gotten a scale for good reason because, yeah, sedentary, okay? Um, what tipped me off is a towel. You know, like big, soft, thirsty, comfy towels. Just, just want to wrap yourself into them and just snuggle up. Yeah, I'm too fat for my favorite towel. It won't go around me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's inappropriate. Um, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty bad when you're, you're too fat for a towel. It's, uh, it hits the pride, you know, and it's all temporary. I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to sweat this all off. I'm not really worried about it, but I'm enjoying every, every ounce of weight gain. Yeah. I bet you I could figure out how many ounces I've gained a day. I mean, I won't, but it's a lot. It's going to be a lot there. And the other thing I did that was really, um, really hit the pride button was I was at Costco and for whatever reason, everything about Costco is huge except when it comes to their clothes. And I'm not just saying that because of the story I'm about to tell you. Okay. I'm, I'm saying it because it's true. All right. For whatever reason, if you get a medium at Costco, it's like a small and, um, Okay, here's what happened. So I get there. We're there. I'm there with my niece and I've gotten some time off from my kid. Thank Jesus. Because sometimes, man, 
you know, it's not all days where you shit in a park or you try and eat cotton balls. You know, it's not always laughs and giggles. Sometimes you just kind of need a break. And, um, so we get to the mall, we get to Costco, I'm doing all my shopping, yada, yada. And then I go and I need some new shorts because of, you know, my morbid obesity. And, uh, I lay them out and I'm like large. Okay. I can, my pride can handle large. I can handle a large pair of shorts. And then I hold up, I put up the extra large pair and I compare them and the extra large is like only an inch bigger. So really it's like sacrificing my pride for comfort. Cause it's like an inch. I, I need that inch. Why not have that inch? And I was like, Gee, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Cause they, they don't look like extra large. They look like large, you know? And it's so weird about Costco. Cause like everything there, like you can't just buy one pack of gum. You, you buy like 32 packs of gum. And then it's funny cause the rest of the store screams, we will make you fat. And then the clothes scream, you are very fat. So it's kind of like, feel like the two things are working against each other like i like the stores where like a 32 is really a 34 but it it says 32 that's the kind of shit i like that to me screams buy more chocolate at costco but costco for some reason has this all fucked up because the extra large should be ridiculously large like it should be like an extra large should be like a double a 2x you know like from the really large marge store whatever. And for some reason, I feel the need to talk about my emotions when it comes to these extra large fucking pants. And, uh, there's a lady working there and I was like, ah, I'm like, I've never been an extra large anything. Now I'm going to buy extra large shorts for the first time in my life. And she's like, oh, don't feel bad. And she was fat too. She's like, you know, sometimes these manufacturers, they make the sizes so small. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly what I would say to another fat person to make them feel better. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? You know what? I'm just going to enjoy my extra large shorts. Fuck everybody. Okay? Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for bronchitis. Okay. One last thing I want to talk to you guys about before um, I play something from Electric Gary. And thank the sweet Lord Jesus. Thank the Duggar family. Thank everybody for Tails and Gary and Heather and Rose, wherever the fuck she went. And Amy will be back. Amy is... um racing through my old show return to sender and uh she'll be back at some point with an update but she's just uh at at uh in the last year so she'll be back soon to comment on something i'm sure anyway if you want to listen to that you can look up return to sender on itunes it's the same logo i have for change of address it's all very very uh ridiculous mailman related titles but you'll figure it out if you want to okay go check that out leave a review there too if you want only if it's positive if it's negative rather not have it okay hold on so sarah and i rarely get to go out together and um we rarely get to eat eggs so when malcolm goes to grandma and grandpa's house every once in a while if she's not going with her friends or i'm not um quietly masturbating in the bedroom we will go out and do both of those things so we went to this little diner my favorite little diner it's so far it's in the middle of nowhere but it's just so delicious and i don't even really like eggs that much it's not my favorite thing in the world to eat but sarah really likes them so well, the reason we can't eat eggs is because malcolm has a really fucked up allergy and awesome sauce so hang on i'll get to that point remind me about the hives okay because there was a hive incident um we go to this restaurant and we're waiting and um as we get there we're climbing up the stairs and i see an old man and his old man friend get out of a pickup truck and we're inside and I'm kind of watching them through the door. And one of them is very able, pretty fast on his feet, like 80. And the other guy is 80, but with a cane and he's having a hard time. Like he's having a hard time getting up the stairs and the, the, the physically fit 80 year old man climbs up the stairs. No problem. Goes inside like where we are standing, leaves the old man out there, doesn't hold the door for him, doesn't make any attempt to help him. And I'm like, okay, like, all right. And uh, then we get in there and there's two bar stools to sit on and a bench across um, the doorway so that you can sit there when you first check in because you're going to end up waiting, right? And uh, so there's two people sitting on one side of the bench. And then on the other side of the bench, there was room for like three people. Except this old man, the able one, sits right in the middle. So his disabled friend with the cane, who he didn't hold the door open and didn't make sure got in okay, has to stand up and lean. And like, it's like, oh my God, this is the most inconsiderate man in the history of the world. He shows no compassion. Like he could have moved over either one way or the other and his friend could have sat beside him. But no, 
No, he just couldn't. And this guy has obviously got some kind of crazy hip problems because he can barely move. So Sarah and I are sitting on the bar stools and I looked at Sarah and I'm like, honey, we need, we need to, we need to get off these chairs because he needs to sit down. And this guy's friend is a total fucking asshole. And, uh, Sarah's like looking at me and I was like, "Eh." because we both know that an old man, if we would have said, excuse me, sir, would you like our seats? Although very polite, that man, I guarantee you would rather light his shoes on fire than kick two young girls off of a stool so he can sit down. And I know that because he looks like a farmer. He looks like he'd be really chivalrous and he wouldn't want us to stand so he could sit. So Sarah's plan was like, hey, do you want to come look over here at this poster? So we both got up and left and looked at the stupid poster and stayed over there. And then he hobbled over and had a seat on the bar stool. So I consider him really lucky to have a friend like that guy. Because if I was 80 years old and that asshole didn't hold the door for me, and wouldn't at least let me sit down. Like, why? he just ran in there, perfectly fine, sat down right in the middle so this old man couldn't sit down. Didn't didn't scooch over so he could sit too? Or stand so that the other guy could sit? It's like, why are you friends with this guy? He's a dick. This guy is an absolute fucking dick. I was just astounded at how, how big an asshole he was. And he was completely oblivious too. It was just insane. I don't know. Anyway, that doesn't matter. And then there's one other thing I saw that was, <laughs> that I found really amusing, which ties in perfectly with the extra large shorts from Costco. So we're standing there and it's like, just like a regular diner. And, uh, there's a guy in like paying and he's dicking around with the interact machine and the back of his shirt says, um, brotherhood of no excuses. And I thought that's a really bold statement to make, you know, I mean, if you're going to wear a shirt like that, that's, that's a really, you're saying a lot about who you are as a person, I feel. And he's paying with his interact or whatever. And then he turns around and he's got this huge beer gut. Like his shirt doesn't even cover the bottom of his gut. And I was like, brotherhood of no excuses. I, you've got a few. Okay. Yeah. You've, <laughs> you've come up with a few excuses. So take off that shirt right fucking now. All right. Listen, here's Gary. Thank God for Gary. Electric Gary, that is. Hold on. Hey, Sandra, it's Electric Gary, and holy shit, have I got a list to talk about. It's been a while, some interesting things have been happening, and I've been writing them down, and uh, so let's just jump right in, because I'm going to take up a lot of your bandwidth. Uh, your point on the uh, us being part of the top 1%, I think you're right. I, I had the wrong take on that, and now I'm all bummed, because if we are in the top 1%, the whole world is fucked, because... I'm doing that great, really. Uh, the Pandora bracelet that I had never heard of until uh, uh, Rainbow and uh, uh, Lisa. Wait, Rainbow and Lisa. I know who they are. They're great folks. Uh, got to talking about that because never heard of it before. But as it turns out, turns out my mother-in-law needed one for Mother's Day. So that was wonderful. And uh, we had a chance to get that. Uh, your roof uh, blowing apart. I'm sure it's been fixed by now, but... That's a really chicken shit install to have just plywood underneath. And with your intense winters in uh, Manitoba, I would not uh, have a lot of confidence in that builder. So hopefully the rest of your house doesn't fall down. Maybe spend less time in the upper floors. Uh, I have wrote, written here, friends as adults. It is hard to have friends as adults. And you are one of my closest, which tells you something. Uh, Generation Earth. There's a documentary series on Netflix uh, about building and and transportation in their world and how all this crazy shit that humans have done to change things. It's not quite as dismal as a lot of that sort of thing is about how we're ruining everything and that we should be breathing ammonia and all dead by now. But it does show how what the insane pace of building is. And I know it's probably not really your thing, but it's still impressive. Uh, it's it, it good might be good for uh, for Malcolm to watch too. It's just seeing how the world goes together. And the one that was most impressive to me is there's a Chinese company that will put up a 30-story apartment building in two weeks. It's all like Ikea. They snap it together. Uh, little Chinese guys, they're amazing. Uh, we have a local old theater here in town. I'm just jumping all over the fucking place. That was built in 1929, and I was lucky enough to get to go do some electrical work there recently, and they've been refurbishing this place. It's been closed for like 20 years, and it's got one of those great old neon uh, um, signs out front where you put the, what's that called, Ma the Marquis. Uh, on the front of the place, it's, you know, the little twinkly lights and everything. It's just a real magical old building, and they brought back uh, showing movies there, uh, 
for the first movie to show in the first 20 after 20 years they showed the wizard of oz and my grandma was a little girl and went and saw the wizard of oz in the movie theater in kansas in 1939 when it was first came out so i thought it would be really cool and we got to have her come over from central oregon and go out and watch it with us and it was really a crazy magical experience for me sitting there in this room on a big screen watching the wizard of oz exactly as she did when she was a little girl in the same style of room being in the same place it was it was really a nice experience so just thought i'd bring a little tear to the eye for that oh my god what have i got here uh there is a cave speaking of jumping uh, topics there is a cave an underwater cave in south africa that looks like just a little watering hole where the animals would go but if you go down you can dive down into this cave and it's over 900 feet deep uh, there's, you can find it. It's called Bushman's Cave. Uh, anyone out there that's interested, you might uh, look it up on uh, on the uh, Google machine. It's just an amazing story about some guys that went diving all the way to the floor of this cave, and they found a body down there of a young man who had been gone for ten years, a 19-year-old kid who was on another diving expedition. And uh, I'll leave that to you. No spoilers, but very interesting story called Bushman's Cave. So uh, Mrs. Electric and I are having our 19th wedding anniversary next month, which is amazing to me because it all still feels so new and fresh. But uh, we're going to have our 20th next year. We're going to have a prom. And I'm thinking it'll be kind of like a social, the way you guys describe socials, hopefully with uh, uh, there won't be any gift giving or anything like that. But we're going to get a live band and, and have uh, some food and some drinks, and it'll be nice. And you are welcome to come. We would love to have you. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I hear kid shit with others. I think you talked about having to go to uh, like soccer or something with Malcolm. That was always my thing with the idea of having kids is, uh, I, 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 the idea of having kids to me is very sweet and it would be wonderful to, uh, to have and to hold and all that wonderful part. The part that I just makes my skin crawl is the idea of doing kid shit with other people, going to movies with kids for kids, movies, uh, kids, parties, having to hang out with adults, with other kids. Oh my God. I just, you want to fucking run. Uh, but in the vein of having kids, it uh, looks like good news for Sarah and Clarice and her, her hopeful uh, departure soon. And uh, maybe you can uh, knock that bitch up. I'd like that. We need uh, more kids from folks like you. Uh, let's see here. So um, I don't know why I have this written down. Uh, Twin Peaks. I don't know if you ever brought it up, but as a, as a TV show in the 90s it was super cool and and had a lot of great style and feel to it but it hasn't quite held up we bought the dvd set of uh, twin peaks it was like kind of a it was a gift it was a big thing i got it for my wife because oh this was great we'll enjoy it it was really not great same thing with moonlighting fuck i loved moonlighting when i was a kid greatest show in the world really really bad now but when we were on a recent vacation to Nevada to visit Carly's folks, her brother gave me a book called Twin Peaks, The True Story, where this guy in uh, California claims that in the 70s, and weirdly enough, the book starts the day after I was born, uh, 1972, April 26th. I was one day old, and he starts this story about getting out of the military, and he's living in a town called Twin Peaks in uh, Southern California uh, on uh, Lake Arrowhead. And his belief is that uh, David Lynch was among the Hollywood elite who would go and party with everybody up at Lake Arrowhead. And then the story of what happened to his girlfriend who was raped, murdered, and the house that they shared together was burned down with her in it, a horrible thing. But that uh, he thinks that David Lynch took that story, turned it into Twin Peaks, and uh, she was Laura Palmer in his story. So. I haven't gotten too far on that book. It wasn't. It's not very poorly written. The guy thinks a lot of himself, describes himself as being tall, good-looking, and getting a lot of pussy. But it, uh, it's, it's an interesting take on things. So, oh, and so we did take this trip, uh, road trip to Nevada, uh, over Memorial Weekend, and I've, I don't know if I've told you before, but one of my favorite audiobooks to listen to on this trip, and I just listen to the same, uh, same three of a series, over and over again, is by. Uh, Christopher Moore, uh, it's a series called Blood Sucking Fiends about vampires in San Francisco. And if you're, vampires aren't your thing, they're not really mine either, but the story is so goddamn well told, so funny, so interesting. If you guys have a need for, uh, you know, you're driving across the uh, Canadian prairie there and you want to listen to something good, get Blood Sucking Fiends, You Suck, and Bite Me. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. 
but we were on the on the road and we it was just the weather was crazy um but we went down we found this little lake on the way had the entire lake to ourselves it was california on memorial weekend we thought oh there's going to be tons of traffic we get to this place had a lake a parking lot the whole like rest area thing all to ourselves had a nice little picnic there and it was very nice but on the we went to saw carly's uh, mrs electric's folks for uh a few days and then we went over and saw her aunt in northern california at a little place called volcano she lives up on this uh, mountain on a big beautiful home and uh there's it's rural and, and kind of fire dangery and all that so on memorial day uh she had actually it was memorial day sunday uh, her neighbor down the hill was this retired nurse uh real saucy old gal she had us down for uh, a, a barbecue well you think Oh, okay, barbecue at a 70-year-old lady's house. It is going to be kind of weird and awkward, and we're the only people there that, that you don't know. But we get there, and she's fabulous, and she has like five or six gay friends from the Bay Area that came up to visit, and they're all fabulous. And uh, it was a, a party, a garden party in the sunshine, and it had been rainy and snowy all weekend, and all of a sudden here we are in like 75 degree in the sunshine out in her lavender garden. Got the table set up with the tablecloth, and they served lamb and... All kinds of great fabulous foods and uh, she had a problem with her car and here's a, a hint you talked about jump starting a car and uh, another little quick hint if you have this happen if you're driving along on a gravel road or something and all of a sudden you got a, this horrible squealing sound it sounds like your car is about to fall apart she had hit a hit a log had the same thing happen on her brand new jeep and thought she had to go get things fixed well she just had a little pebble stuck between the heat shield on the backside of her brake rotor and I was able to just kind of pop that out, and all the gay men didn't know how to do that, and I did, and uh, it made me look like I knew what I was doing, so that was kind of fun. Um, so I got to be kind of an honorary uh, gay man that day, which was nice, even though I'm trying to be a lesbro here, but I don't know, either way. Uh, so we we left there, and on our way back to Oregon, we our dog was like super well behaved the whole time, which she never is. But we're we're coming up I five. She starts whining, which uh, she hadn't been doing the whole trip. She'd been really good, and she starts whining. So we got to get off the road so she can potty or whatever. So we just take the nearest exit, and we weren't going to take that exit. And this is where things get a little weird. So we go up. There's no really no really anywhere to go. We find a little little side place to pull out in the road. Pull out, and I see there's a like a storage container sitting off a little bit in the distance. Okay, well we'll walk over there to pee. So I walk over there and get around the front, or the I guess the front side of it, facing away from the road, and it's got a roll up steel roll up door that's not locked, and there's bullet holes in the door. Well, people shoot shit up that's been sitting out in the open all the time, at least here in the U.S. But these bullet holes were coming from the inside, which made me kind of almost want to look inside but then realize any motherfucker that's shooting from the inside i don't need to be opening his door so we start heading back to the car and right at that point i look over and this gold new gold chevy pulls up right along the car where mrs electric is having getting some stuff out of the trunk like okay well let's get back over there and then this gal gets out of the car she was probably like six two bigger gal german uh you know mom jeans up to up to here and she's got her map and she's asking how to get to Mount Shasta. Well, you look, you raise your head. Shasta's right there. She wants to go up there. It was the oddest thing. This this did not belong at all. She uh, she didn't belong. The car was just a little bit off. She had a young, uh, I'm guessing, lesbian gal in the passenger seat with her of probably 2021. Might have been her daughter, but looked a little old for that, a little young for her. Uh, had her lips were pierced up and that sort of thing. And then there were three people, full-size people. I couldn't tell men or women in the back seat, and they didn't move or do anything. And then she said something about being, oh, we just thought we'd go out here for a spontaneous drive, you know, just go, go up the mountain. Well, Mount Shasta's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. She had a brand new car with dealer tags on, no license plates. And we'd seen this car on I-5 blast past us at about 85 earlier that day. And then here she is tooling around these back roads, and wanting to know how to get up to the mountain but the dealer tags were from uptown seven hours away so how do you just spontaneously decide to drive up the mountain so we figure she had something you know maybe the middle middle person in the back seat didn't want to be there and they were going to end up in the, in the ground but 
you know, that we just had this odd vibe. Like, had I not been there, or had it, had we not had our dogs with a our, our big dog with us, that maybe it would have gone differently. It was uh, something something not quite right there. So, uh, and in the vein of things not being quite right, a few days later, I had this weird job at a at a house on a on an overgrown road past a cemetery, and the family was getting evicted, and it was just kind of sketchy. So it reminded me, and this could come in handy to you or others, that there's an app called Where's My Droid? We have droids. I'm sure they have the same thing for iPhone. And uh, you could there are various of these others for being able to track you know, your loved ones. But the nice thing about this, if you lose your phone, you can text to your phone a word that will send you back that phone's coordinates. So I was feeling a little sketchy at this place. I, I had Mrs. Electric send me that, that word so she would have my coordinates were I to disappear. As it turns out, the people were very nice, but, you know, you get that kind of vibe. Oh, God damn, I have been talking a lot. Uh, and then finally, I had a little sad thing yesterday. I was heading to another job out in the country, same sort of place. And I'm coming up the hill, and I see on the side of the road what looks like something kind of flapping in the breeze, like a plant of some kind. And as I drove by slowly, I saw it was actually the legs of a little deer. It had recently been hit by a car. And it was suffering. It was very sad. So I had to stop and kill it, which still feeling a little off about it, but it was the right thing to do. So hopefully the rest of the day will be better than that. <sighs> All right. That's Electric Gary. Bambi killer. Just kidding. I, in a situation like that, I don't think I could kill a deer. And even though you did the absolute right thing, that poor thing was suffering, and I don't know what you did to it. Did you club it over the head, uh, choke the life out of it? Um, I, I don't really know. Like, I don't know. I think I would have just kept driving because I'm a piece of garbage, and you saw an animal suffering and decided to help. So good on you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would have spooned it and held it until it was done dying, which is pretty awful because it would have been scared and it would have smelled my B.O., and that, you know, it suffered enough. So thanks. Thanks for thinking that, Gary. It's, uh, that must have been hard. But you did the right thing. You did the right thing. Okay, I've got a list here. Okay, Twin Peaks. I remember being so in love with Laura Palmer. I just, and I was young when that came out. I think I was 10-ish. Again, I shouldn't have been watching that show. And I would never let Malcolm watch that show at the age of 10. It's just too much. And it was too much for my pea brain to handle. But man, because if you watch the movie Firewalk with me she has got a rack and a half on her good gracious but no I haven't watched it uh, again but I remember liking it then so maybe I will watch it again and they're coming out with more episodes which will be cool too like maybe they can make that campier because I remember the show being kind of weird but in an awesome way it was like so unusual so I'll have to check that out again I think it's on uh, Netflix I'm pretty sure so I'm gonna take a look and then uh we can talk about our feelings about it some more because I really like that. And um, Gary, everybody needs a friend like you, Mr. Electric, sir, because you saved that woman hundreds and hundreds of dollars by fixing a problem that really was non-existent. You just took a rock out of a place because you knew that might have been an issue. And I don't know how you just don't constantly strut around with that kind of knowledge. Like you're an electrician. That's like a doctor in my mind anyway. Like you, you're able to help people and you fix people. And I'm sure you don't rip anyone off because you don't have to. And Electric Gary, you're the kind of guy everybody wants to pull over to help them. Because you're not creepy. You're really nice and you're knowledgeable. So thanks for doing good things. And even that deer was happy to see you, I'm sure. Because I'm sure you have soft, supple hands to wrap around that poor little thing's throat. Uh, thanks for being my les bro. I really wish you lived here because, good God, sometimes I need help. You know, I mean, I bet you can boost a car. I bet you can do it with your eyes closed. Anyway, whatever. Um, the storage unit thing, I don't know, man. That gave me the jeebie fucking heebie. Somebody was in there shooting to get themselves themselves out. And then uh, little Miss Mafia German woman rolls up all cash. Like, hey, I just need to dump a body up the mountain. Can you help me get there? Yeah. I think you were, you were, you might be <laughs> a character in the next um, serial podcast. You may, this, you may play a pivotal role. Just remember the gold plate, the gold car, the license plates, what the woman looked like, because you may be called upon. Someone in the back seat didn't make it home. Uh, what else? Do, 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 do. And knock that bitch up. Yes, very much so. Sarah has endometriosis, and she's finally, 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 finally getting the surgery where they go in and use a laser. And I'm using the bunny ear quotation marks. Laser. 
to uh, sear off Clarice. And I don't think she'll be able to take it home. So that's kind of sad. I really would have liked to have that cured. Maybe made uh, some kind of pendant out of it or something. I don't know. Something for the our, our yet-to-be-conceived child to teethe upon. A little dried Clarice would have been cool. Yeah, so that's happening this week. And we're, we're excited about it. I think she's excited and a little bit anxious. And uh, what are you going to do? And I tried to get her to do a show with me. And I don't think she really wants to. So I don't really want her to if she doesn't really want to. Because usually I have to beg her. And sometimes she wants to and sometimes she doesn't want to. And this time she didn't want to. So maybe I can get her when she's all doped up to sit down with me and have a little chitty chat, if you know what I mean. So yeah, we will... Getting her knocked up is definitely on the agenda. Really excited, except I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. Um. Okay, it's time to wrap this up, I think. Okay, so Garbage Hill Podcast Network. Google that shit. Check out some of the other podcasts they have there. There's all kinds of things. All Winnipeg-based. These guys have just volunteered to be in charge of the whole fucking podcasting union or whatever so check them out i have a really annoying facebook friend that doesn't know that did i tell you about this already like she writes at awesome or at excellent instead of an awesome and excellent and i i just she drives me fucking crazy okay she just and every time she writes at excellent or whatever i write Anne in the comments to drive her crazy and she drives me crazy i just she's like oh it's a typo yeah it's a typo for fucking how long has facebook been around seven years it's been a typo for that long every single fucking time Ugh. anyway so feel free to leave an itunes review change of address check it out and if you want to donate to the show change of address.podbean.com i got another super duper crazy fantastical generous donation from someone and I didn't, the fact that they even listen at all is really exciting to me because, um, they know podcasts, they've been involved in podcasting. They have very excellent taste. Basically we like the same shows. So thank you. You know who you are. I'm very, very grateful to you. Thank you so much. I can't say thank you enough. And I hope you enjoy my Canadian accent. Although I don't think it's worth the donation you made, but thank you. I thank you so much. Okay. So if you want to donate, like my new super duper best friend, changeofaddress.hobby.com. I think I said that already. Uh, iTunes review. Yes. If you want to friend me, I'm Sandra D. Sanchez on Facebook. Same on Twitter. I don't do anything on Twitter, but whatever. It's there if you want. You can like the Change of Address Facebook page like someone did. <laughs> and she wanted to know the address of someone. So she joined the page, liked the page, and asked if I knew where such and such lived. I should have just made something up, right? Oh, whatever. Let's let it go. And uh, Stitcher, you can like us on Stitcher. You can put us in your favorites on Stitcher. You can listen on Stitcher. Stitcher, Stitcher, Stitcher. And that's about it. So um, if you need me for anything, uh, call my mom. Oh, she went for a mammogram. Did I talk about that? I can't remember if I did or not. Maybe I did. Yeah, I probably did. All right, that's it. Stop fucking bothering me. I got shit to do. Okay? You're not my main priority. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Leave an iTunes review. Don't be a bitch. Okay? All right, love you. Oh, I love you so much. I can't believe we haven't talked in so long. Okay. Yeah. No, I like it when you text me before you go to bed. It's really cute. So sweet. Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye.